guys ate too much Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um, you guys are going to have to be on the struggle bus with me this morning, if that's okay. Uh, this hot cold always messes up my allergies. Yes, I was crying for real. But uh, so <clears throat> you just have to struggle along with me this morning. Hey, we want to welcome you. Uh, if this is your first time. My, my name is Pastor Chris, and we're excited that you are here. Um, if you come to this service quite frequently, you'll find that it gets packed like this all the time. And so, yeah. So that's part of the reason why we're going to three services. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be asking you guys, uh, actually next Sunday, we're going to ask you which service you're going to plan to come to, okay? We're going to give you three options. It's a multiple choice, all right? But you can only pick one of those three, okay? You can't like write down what you would prefer, right? So, so we're excited about that, excited about what God's doing. It's really interesting. We, we like to follow our trends, and uh, we are in... Uh, this this year we're in a, obviously a growing season and over the course of the next few weeks we believe that we're going to grow um, e- even even a little bit more and so uh, if you guys would just be patient that's why we're trying to get the three services so we start to spread spread people out a little bit more which means you all cannot show up at one service all right and so uh, so that's great so this morning we're starting a series um, on on Advent. We're actually, over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the word hope today. We're going to be looking at peace next week, and then we're going to be looking at joy on December the 10th, and then we'll be looking at love um, the week before Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Eve, which just happens to be a Sunday, we're going to be looking at this whole idea of actually Christ's return. And, 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 and what that actually looks like as we make preparations. Because what we know about Advent and what we know about the Christmas season is actually it was built for a time of preparation. It was a, it was a time of waiting, a time of preparation for, for the coming of Jesus. Now, obviously, as we'll be studying over the, course of these, over the course of these next few weeks, it was a time of waiting, a time of preparation. They were, they were waiting for the Messiah to come then, and what we know to be true is that he came as a baby in a manger, um, but what we, what we worship and what we um, remember nowadays is not only just Jesus coming as a baby in a manger, but we remember and we wait patiently and know that he came, he died on a cross and he ascended to heaven and what now we are waiting patiently for is his return. Uh, I think sometimes we don't want to be as patient, right? Sometimes we don't want to be as patient. Sometimes we're like, oh man, I can remember when, uh, I know probably like me, uh, all of us, uh, if you've had teenagers at some point in your life, you're like, man, I wish Jesus would come back before they get teenagers. Right? Because you didn't want, you wanted, you wanted them to not, uh, you wanted to, as a parent, I don't know if it's, you didn't want them to become teenagers or you didn't want to deal with them as teenagers. And so coming to that place and, and just, and just waiting. And I think as Americans, sometimes we get really impatient, right? We, we grow up and we get really impatient. We, as, te- uh, uh, as, as kids, we looked, we're always looking to what's next, 
We're always looking to 16, and then we turn 16, we're looking to 18, and then we turn 18, we're looking at 25, and then we turn 25, we're, you know, we're looking for 30, and then you start wishing you were back being a teenager. <laughs> and, and, and always wishing to move forward. But this interesting season, I think Christmas is always one of those interesting seasons where for some people, maybe for a lot of us here this morning, it's one of those most exciting times. Right? We, we, we always love it, and I don't know about you guys, but we started putting our decorations up a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we weren't even at Thanksgiving yet. And probably if it were up to my wife, we would be way back in like September. Right? How many people would keep Christmas up year round? Yeah, I hear you. I like you people. All right. I don't know about the rest of you Scrooges. All right. But this season can be an interesting season, and a lot of it's depended off Maybe things that transpired at seasons like this, at Christmas seasons in the past. Because obviously it can be a time filled with joy as the family gets together, unless the family is dysfunctional. Right? This means yes, right? Because we all know that we come from broken families and that sometimes getting the family together is not all that great. Or maybe there's something that's happened in the course of, of the past that causes you not really to enjoy the Christmas season. Maybe the loss of a loved one, uh, a mom or a dad or a family member. And sometimes a season like this doesn't necessarily bring up great memories, but it brings up some memories that you have to navigate and struggle through and you, you come to those Christmas, this Christmas season, even Christmas Day, and you're kind of wrestling in your spirit because you want to have joy and you want to have peace and all those kind of things, but there's something going on internally that you're wrestling, that you're wrestling with. And so we realize that this season can be hard. But what we know to be true about what God did in sending his son Jesus is that he gave us, gave us the greatest gift that we could ever have. And so what really becomes important for us at the Christmas season, although it's filled with Black Friday shopping and it's filled with gifts and it's filled with family and it's filled with food, it's, it feels like to me, you know, Ashley, she cooks and cooks and gets ready for Thanksgiving. And about the time Thanksgiving's over, I think she starts cooking and preparing for Christmas. It's awesome. I put on like 10 pounds and then I have to make a New Year's resolution to lose it. But let's be honest, this, the culture has taken this Christmas season and centered it around a whole lot of temporary. The culture has taken the Christmas season and created it around a whole lot of temporary. A lot of things that'll wear out, a lot of things that become old, a lot of things that even break the day after Christmas when you've given them. But obviously, there's a gift that's been given to us that hopefully what we are making preparations for. Again, what I said was the Advent season was this season of pre preparation. And so, my question to you this morning, and the word that we're actually focusing on this morning is the word called hope. As we start this Advent series, we're looking at the word hope. And I had a couple of questions for you guys this morning. It's like, where does your hope, where does it come from? What is it that you've chosen 
to put your hope in. Now, the reality probably is if I were to ask the majority of you, you're going to give me the right answer. You're going to give me your church answer. Oh, it's in Jesus and it's in the Bible and it's in, it's in God and who he, you know, and all those kind of things. But my question becomes, does our life reflect that hope? And in what does our life reflect? Because let's be honest, I'm not quite sure how people actually navigate the difficult things in life these days without hope. Without, without hope in Jesus. And I, I, uh, we're frequently having those conversations with individuals that are walking through difficult things. And I know that even internally, even for us as a family and even for me as an individual, there have been this, these times throughout the year where we've come to seasons like this. And, and the only way that you really you can find hope and joy is if your hope is actually in Jesus. And I'm not sure how people in our society and our culture who have chosen to put their their hope in so many other things like money and like jobs and and all these other kind of things, what are they actually finding hope in? What are they finding hope for the next day? And how, how how do people do it? Without Jesus, and and the reality of it is, is that we can say that we put our hope in Jesus, but the reality of it is, what is it that you're actually putting your hope in? And is it at the foundation of it, are you truly putting your hope in who Jesus is? Maybe there are some things that strip you of feeling hopeful about something I always, always wondered as my, and I still wonder this because I have, I now have a six-year-old. I, I kind of wonder, like, what's it going to be like? I always wonder, what's it going to be like for my kids? Where are they going to land in all of this? What are they going to choose to put their hope in? And now having a six-year-old and, and having him to grow up in, in a culture, to be honest with you, is very different than, the, than what my kids actually grew up in, Right? You're like, I know you don't look that old, Pastor Chris. <laughs> I have a 24, how old is Allie? 25. I'm always one year behind. 25 and 23 and 20, 21 now. And, and to look at what that, those three grew up in and now have a six-year-old thinking, man, what's it going to be like 10 years from now? That's right. What's it going to be like 10 years from now? And see, what the enemy tries to do, what the enemy attempts to do, is he, try, he attempts to strip our hope with things that are temporary. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, it says this, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is what? It's temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So one of the greatest gifts that we know that we can give our kids, one of the greatest gifts that we know that we can give to the people around us in reality is not some material thing, but it's, it's this hope that we're able to find in who Jesus is. Because although we walk through difficult times and we go through difficult things all throughout our life, there is an, an ability for us to find hope in the things that sometimes don't make sense. You see, because I think that we should be hope influencers. You know there are influencers these days? 
Uh, yeah, all the women are like, yeah, I know. I, I follow 32 of them, <laughs> right? And that's where they've already done all their Christmas shopping. That's what, I was watching the news. The news is always right. <laughs> I was watching the news and they were saying, not as many people are doing Black Friday shopping because what they're doing is they're following influencers. And they've already gone out. They've already bought their Christmas because they, because an influencer said you should have this. And, 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 and what if it were, we were actually hope influencers. We were able to be hope examples walking in a culture and in a society. Because let's be honest, and I, I've said this quite frequently over the, it feels like over the last few weeks, is that walking into 2024, we know that there are going to be some extreme challenges politically ahead we know what COVID did. We know what a political, uh, political uh, turmoil did a few years ago. We know that in this coming year, it's not going to be any different. The enemy's going to do everything he possibly can to, di to divide the church. And I believe the church should be hope influencers. Amen. We should be able to, to, bring, to be a, a person of hope as we walk into the next years of our life. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so I think what God was trying to help us to do is begin to understand that. And we're going to look at Luke. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. Familiar passage as we begin to look at the birth of Jesus. We begin to talk about this word hope. And where does hope come from? Well, hope, hope actually comes from knowing the biblical truth. Biblical truth actually leads to hope. Because we, again, like I said, we can wrap our hope around so many other things. But what we know to be true is that biblical truth is actually where we begin to build a foundation of hope. So what you believe about God and what you believe about Jesus, it determines how you live. It determines whether you're going to choose hope or not. And so let's look at Luke chapter 1. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I can only imagine how she was troubled. She was 16 years old, not married, and getting ready to have a baby. Mary's greatly troubled with these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, she who was said to be unable to conceive is, is in her sixth month. For no word, I love this because I've always under, underlined this in my Bible, is this. For no word from God will ever fail. fail. Yeah, 
I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And so what we, what we know to be true is that biblical truth is what provides hope for us in knowing and believing that what we know to be true, that this is not a story, a Christmas story, to be read to children just as a Christmas story. But it's actually something that legitimately happened that we can hold on to and know that what God is doing is He is patiently waiting, and we are, we are to be patiently waiting for Jesus' return. And then the prophet Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And so I want to just give you some, just some basic biblical truths this morning. Just some basic biblical truths as we look at these two stories. One from the prophet Isaiah who was prophesying about the coming of Jesus some 500 years earlier. And then seeing Mary's story of, of the angel coming to her saying, Jesus, Jesus, you're going to be the mother of Jesus. And so here are three takeaways for us this morning as we just begin this Christmas season and hopefully put our focus in the place that really should be. The first one is this, our hope is in knowing that he keeps his promises. And, and maybe if you don't know who he is, maybe I should have put the word Jesus. Our hope is in knowing that Jesus keeps his promises. Because here's what we have to decide in our heart. Because I don't know where everybody's at spiritually. I don't know what you're maybe wrestling through this morning. Maybe you're here and just trying to figure things out. I love it the last couple of weeks. Um, that the girl that will be baptized here, second service, her name is Charlie, and she came up to me and she, she, just a couple, service, couple Sundays ago, and she's just crying. And what I love is that I began to see God just working in a 15-year-old's heart, coming to this place where they realize a 15-year-old needs a relationship with Jesus. And she's obviously given her, heart, given her life to Christ, and now she's saying, hey, I want to take a step forward in baptism. And it's really interesting because what I love, you want to know how hope influences? Right after that, there was a young man who came up to me after that. His name is Garrett, and we are in conversation now. And can you pray for Garrett? Because Garrett's deciding now whether he's going to give his life to Christ. He said, I need some time to think about it. But what I believe and I know to be true is that God's trying to get a hold of his heart. And I believe that in a few weeks, we'll see Garrett give his give his life to Christ, and we'll see him baptized here shortly. You see, because we know that our hope is in knowing that Jesus keeps his promises, because Jesus is Savior, and God's given us clear and accurate proof in his word that Jesus is who he says he is. So here's my encouragement to you this morning. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. And when I say don't get discouraged, try not to get discouraged in a season where maybe depending on what you allow to be your focus for this season, don't get discouraged in the things that the enemy may try and dis to discourage you with. 
but stay focused on who Jesus is. Stay focused on his promises. One of the last things that he said was that he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And I know sometimes when you pray and you pray and you pray, you feel like your, your, your prayers never go beyond the ceiling. And the enemy wants you to, the enemy wants to do everything he can to discourage you. And so our hope is in knowing that Jesus keeps his promises. The second thing is this, our hope is in who he is. Our hope is in who Jesus is. You see, and the prophet Isaiah told us who he was. Obviously, the Bible is very clear on telling us who he is, but the prophet Isaiah even told us who he is, is that he was wonderful counselor. He was mighty God. He was everlasting father, and he was the prince of peace. And let's be honest, if we know that that's true about Jesus. What we can also know is that our hope is found in knowing that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough. If he didn't do one more thing for us, he has done enough. But yet he still continues to be wonderful counselor, everlasting father, Mighty God and Prince of Peace. And you know that in those four things right there, that's everything that you need. He can be our counselor. He can be our mighty God. And by mighty God, we know that he has the authority to do whatever he wants to. He can be our everlasting father, which means he can be a better father to us than our earthly father has been to us. He can be everything that we need. He can also be the prince of peace. And so our hope is in knowing who Jesus truly is. And the last thing is this, our hope is in his return. Our hope is in the fact that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is going to return. What did the prophet Isaiah say in Isaiah chapter 9? He said, and the government will be on his shoulders. Thank Jesus for that one. And the government will be on his shoulders. So if our hope is in Jesus, then my encouragement to you is this. this don't, be, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by the enemy and thinking that something else can fill the gap in our life. Because only Jesus can fill the gaps in our life. And then don't, don't get distracted. Our hope is in Jesus' return. Did you know that the word hope, that at the root, the actual Hebrew word or the Greek word for hope at the root actually means waiting? To wait. And so we're waiting patiently for Jesus to return because what we know to be true is that this is not our home. That our hope is found and Jesus. Then he goes on in Matthew chapter 7. He says this. And this is where I think we find our hope as well. Matthew chapter 7 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. So let's begin this Christmas season by patiently waiting on the Lord. 
In Psalm 46.10, he says, be still and know that I am God. Will you close your eyes with me for just a moment? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you came off a great Thanksgiving. Maybe you came off a struggle of Thanksgiving. Maybe you don't necessarily look forward to Christmas at times. But could we just take a moment and wait? Wait on the Lord. Because I think when we wait, this is probably the quietest you've been all week. Maybe it's been the, one of the few times that you've actually slowed down. Maybe it's one of the few times that you've closed your eyes and just really began to put yourself in a position to be in the presence of a holy God. Our hope is found in his promises. Will you reflect on his promises for just a moment? Our hope is found in knowing who Jesus is. Wonderful counselor. Everlasting father. Mighty God, Prince of Peace. For just a few moments, will you just settle into his presence? Will you allow your mind to, to go to this place where you reminded that there's a time when Jesus will, will return and what we do now is in wait patiently in preparation for the return of Jesus. Have you been discouraged? Will you release that discouragement to the Lord? Have you been deceived? You see, because it's easy to go through the motions of church. It's easy to go through the motions of spirituality. And maybe what God's trying to remind you of this morning is that he desires a personal relationship with you. That's who he is. The enemy has deceived you to thinking that you need other things and that Jesus is not enough. And this morning is the reminder that Jesus is enough. Maybe you've been distracted. There are other things that have been going on around you and they've distracted you from the things that are really important. And the Lord just says, hey, wait. Wait patiently. Be still. And know that I am God.
Matthew 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Do you need to give your life to Christ this morning? Maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. And maybe this morning you just need to say yes. Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you. I want you to have everything. I've been distracted. I've been discouraged. I've been deceived. God, we just praise you and thank you for who you are. God, would you be, would you receive our waiting? Would you give us the ability to prepare? Would you give us the ability to remember who you are? Remember your promises and remember that you will return. God, we we don't ever want to be just about going through the motions, especially at Christmas time. And God, I pray that right now in the midst of this time here, there will just be a sense of hope that will begin to build in each of us. Because we know truly who you are. God, I know much like Chris and Anna, there are individuals who are going through difficult situations and I pray that even in the midst of the most difficult situations God there would be hope that there are some families who are struggling right now and God that you would just give them the ability to find hope maybe there's even some individuals that are struggling physically right now God that even in the midst of that struggle they'll be able to find hope So, God, would you allow us to not only feel that, but as we leave today, would you give us the ability to be hope influencers? God, we just give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We stand. We're going to sing a song. His mercies are new. Let's sing together.